0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
2: If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly.
3: Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about how do you talk to mom and dad about their finances? It's hard. Joining me today is Cameron Huddleston. She is the Director of Education at Careful. Welcome to the show, Cameron.
1: Hi. Thanks so much for having me.
3: All right. So I have two sets of parents. I have a mom and stepdad and a dad and stepmom, and they're both aging. And trying to have conversations with them about their finances, where are things, it's been a little rough. So please help me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm a little bit curious what sort of approaches you've tried so far. That might determine what you need to do and what you need to tweak. I said, where do I find your money when you're dead? <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs>
3: no. Um, I did start with their, their last wishes, like, you know, where would you want to be buried? Because I think that's kind of important. And my mother did tell me but I haven't my dad and stepmom they just oh, you don't worry about and they just did they didn't want to go there
1: so it's, that makes sense because a lot of people are very afraid to talk about death and a lot of times these conversations with parents about their finances bring up the issue of death especially if you're asking about wills estate planning documents and final wishes and you're right it's very important to know this information. And I'm, I'm so glad my mother told me my father wouldn't. He would, he would jokingly say, sharpen my toes and hammer me into the ground. That was his response <laughs> when you asked what his final wishes were. I am not kidding. <laughs> and my parents were divorced. My mother was like, you have to find out from your dad what he wants. Well, unfortunately, I didn't before he passed away at the age of 61 in a second marriage. Without a will. So you can imagine what sort of a mess that was. And, And like I said, my mother told me what her final wishes were. And I'm so glad that I knew them. I lost my mom earlier this year. But because she had told me, I knew exactly what she wanted. And I was able to honor those wishes. And if you want to start with that approach, you know, you want to let your parents know, look, this is something I want to be able to do for you. Being able to honor your wishes Really is important to me and I would think it's important to you. But if you know your parents are really reluctant to discuss death, then don't make the conversation initially about death or anything related to death or even possibly anything related to aging. You might want to start with something a little bit more, a little bit more benign. Like, Hey, how's retirement going for you? Or if they're not retired yet, what is, you know, what are your plans for retirement? You know, this doesn't force them to think about what's going to happen when they die. You're going to get them to talk about, you know, whether they're enjoying their retirement or whether it's not going as well as they thought. And then you start asking more questions. Oh, you're not enjoying retirement? Why not? Why is that? Were there things that you wanted to do that you haven't been able to do? Maybe they'll say, yeah, we wanted to travel more, but gosh, darn it, this pandemic has made it (laughs) impossible to travel or travel is so expensive. And if travel is really expensive, maybe that means mom and dad didn't do such a good job of saving for retirement and there's not enough money there to pay for the things that they want to enjoy. And so you pick up on those cues and you ask questions to get more information. Oh, so do you have like a pension that's helping support you in retirement? Is it just social security? So you try to get at least some basic information about how are they supporting themselves in retirement? You can start there that's one way to do it
3: so with my mother she did tell me where she wanted to be buried but then trying to talk about the finances maybe it was too quick i'm i'm not sure but she also doesn't know that much about her finances my stepdad is sort of taking care of all that but he's not very forthcoming so my mom has left it to him he's not forthcoming and then my dad and stepmom just At least when I first asked, they said, we can't talk about that. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, well, I'm the only daughter and I kind of have to take care of
1: those responses that you're hearing. They're not entirely uncommon. Of course, there are people out there who are lucky enough to have parents who are willing to share this information. I mean, I have friends whose parents give them spreadsheets that they update regularly with all of their financial information. But if your parents are part of the silent generation. Like, these are the people who came before the baby boomers. Yes. They're very likely to be closed-lipped when it comes to their finances. My parents were part of that generation. And my dad always told us, you don't talk about money. It's impolite. Mm-hmm. My mother was more willing to have these conversations. One thing you might want to do is use a story about someone you know who had to get involved with their parents' finances who had to get involved with their parents care or who had to deal with what was left behind after a parent died and it can either be a cautionary tale about someone whose parents didn't have a will and how it led to the family ending up in court spending thousands and thousands of dollars hiring attorneys to sort everything out or it can be a tale about someone who did things the right way and how easy it was for the family members who were left behind while they were grieving they didn't, they didn't have to guess what their loved ones wishes were. They knew everything because there was a will or a trust and all of the assets were listed someplace where they could find it. So they didn't have to play detective. Most people have a story. If you are of a certain age and that means if you're in midlife, you have friends or colleagues, someone you know who's had some sort of experience with their parents finances. So you can use that story. You can mention. An article that you read or maybe you want to talk about scams because maybe your parents don't want to talk about the details of their finances but if you can start sharing with your parents information about scams you heard about hey mom and dad I got a call the other day from someone claiming to be with the IRS and they said that I owe you know back taxes and I'm gonna have to pay right away and I need to go and get this prepaid card from the grocery store and make a payment or they're sending the police to arrest me mom and dad, did you know this is a scam? So you can share information about scams with them as a way to get them comfortable discussing financial matters with them. Because I mean, most people want to protect their money, right? And so if you're telling them ways that they can protect their money, they might be more open to that approach.
3: We do need to take a break. Uh, When we come back, I want to, if you're willing talk to you about your story with your dad since you he wouldn't tell you and then you were left like hanging out there to dry but we'll be (laughs) right back with cameron huddleston she's the author of mom and dad we need to talk
2: it's the story of an american held in a dark venezuelan prison then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up they pointed their guns at me and this is the point where i thought
3: Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about how do you talk to your mom and dad about their finances, especially as they're getting to the end of life. Joining me today is Cameron Huddleston. She is the Director of Education at Careful. Cameron, in the last segment, we discussed different approaches you might be able to do with your parents, but you also said maybe give some stories about friends who have gone through this and... I cannot think of any friends at the moment. I'm sure there have been. I just can't think of anybody at the moment. So I was wondering if maybe you had said early on that your dad passed away without giving any details. How did you work through that? How did you find out what he wanted?
1: I didn't. I never found out what he wanted because he had nothing in writing and because he was in a second marriage. Honestly, I don't even know if he had much to pass on, but whatever he had went to my stepmother. I did get a few of his belongings after my stepmother passed away. But the the bigger issue is not even what happens with your parents' property and assets when they die if they don't have a will. And if they don't have a will, the state essentially decides who gets what, and that can lead to a lot of family fighting. The bigger problem is... Do your parents have documents in place that name someone to make financial and health care decisions for them while they are living? Because people are living longer, there is a much greater chance that they will need long-term care as they age. And this is what happened with my mother, and in fact, she wasn't even that old. She was 65 when she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Fortunately, she had named me her power of attorney to make financial decisions for her. And she had named me her healthcare proxy to make medical decisions for her. Once she was no longer able to herself, you have to be mentally competent to sign these documents. And so if you wait until there's that healthcare emergency, until there is a stroke, until, you know, there's an accident and your parents have ended up in a coma or until there is Alzheimer's disease or dementia, it can be too late at that point. And then what you'll have to do is go through the court system to be appointed conservator or guardian for your parents so that you can make financial and healthcare decisions for them. This can be incredibly expensive. A man I interviewed for my book, he spent $10,000 and nine months going through the process. And then he had also spent $25,000 out of pocket paying for his, his dad's nursing home care until he could get access to his dad's bank account to reimburse himself you know and what you're doing is you're putting your parent on trial to prove that your parent is no longer competent enough to manage finances on his or her own or to make healthcare decisions for himself i mean this is something that can be avoided by having these conversations with your parents while they are still relatively young and healthy to find out hey do you have a power of attorney do you have a healthcare power of attorney or proxy you have a will. These documents have to be in place. And a lot of people don't even realize it. They have no idea what the consequences are. And I think a lot of people think that if they don't have a will, then family members can just sort it out. It's going to be divided uh, even, easily. But I can tell you once money gets involved, the claws come out. People yeah. go crazy and they will fight over the smallest things.
3: Yeah. This is what I'm worried about with my dad and and his wife is because my dad's parents passed away without a will and when I went for the funeral my dad and his brothers and sisters were all going through the house fighting over who got what and apparently my uncle went into the house before anybody else got there and took all the Limoges figurines which are worth a lot of money because my grandmother had been collecting them since like the 1930s and there were some pieces that my aunt remembers buying with her mom when she was a little girl she was like 10 years old buying it with her mom my grandma and she didn't want every piece of limoges but she wanted the one she remembered buying with her mom and she didn't get them because they get into the house later and all the limoges is gone and then fighting and
1: it was it was insane and- there's your story heather yeah. that's what you say you sit down and you say hey dad you remember Remember, you know, what happened (laughs) with those those figurines and how heartbreaking it was and how difficult it was when there was fighting. And, you know, I'd love to know what are the things that are important to you that you want to see get passed on? You know, are there particular people you want to receive these things? Can you put this in writing? Can you put everything in writing? So use his experience as a reminder of what happens when people don't plan and when people don't have a will. Oh, good. uh, Okay. That's a good idea. Yes, I will try. I will. It is touchy. (laughs) It is touchy. But really, the consequences of not having these conversations are so much worse. You know, just like frame it this way. Look, look, dad, think of this as a gift to me. I love you and, and I, I just can't imagine how difficult it's going to be when you're no longer around. And I would just make things easier for me if I knew what your wishes were and I don't have to go to court to, <laughs> right. to fight over who gets what. Right. Or, you know, I need to know, um, you know, if you ever need care, what sort of care do you want? Where do you want care? Do you want it in your home? Which is probably where he would want to receive care. Okay. I understand that. Is your home set up properly? For you to to get the care that you need do you have a bathroom that you can easily get into do you have to go up and downstairs you know it could lead to conversations about maybe it's time to to move and downsize into a place where you can age in place you know make it the conversation about your parents And trying to find out what their best interests are and gathering in some information so that you can help them if they ever need help. Yeah.
3: That one I have been working with on my mother because she's in a house with stairs and there's not a bathroom on the main floor. And they just three months ago installed railings to go up and down the stairs because they didn't have any. They've been in this house for 30 years with no railings and they've been having difficulty now getting up and down stairs. I almost flew out there and was like, we will put this in. <laughs> Cause I, unfortunately, I'm not, don't live close to either sets of parents. One's in the Northwest and the other's down in Texas. And I'm kind of in the middle.
1: Certainly lots, lots to talk about. And, you know, if, if you're seeing issues like that already, it really, these conversations can't wait. You know, maybe it means having a conversation about downsizing and you. When you have those conversations, you want to highlight the benefits of moving. You don't want to call out all the negatives about your parents current home because then they're going to get defensive. They probably love the home and they don't want to move. And if you start telling them all the reasons why, you know, they should move because their home doesn't suit them, they're going to get upset. But if you focus on the benefits of moving, Hey, you know, there are maybe if you move into a independent living senior community, you don't have to worry about maintaining your lawn anymore. There are places that will even provide meals for you and you can get housekeeping services just really sell all the benefits of downsizing into a single story home into an apartment a condominium or an independent living senior community
3: we need to take one more break when we come back we'll try to go over a few more things we may need to know about and i actually want to go over because the holidays are coming up Sometimes fights happen over the turkey. So we'll be right back with Cameron Huddleston. She's the author of Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that affects your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it. And today we're talking about how to talk to your parents about some end-of-life decisions. Joining me today is Cameron Huddleston. She is the Director of Education at Careful. In the first two segments, we talked about ways you can approach your parents and my way of you know, saying where's the money once you're gone apparently isn't the right approach. I just don't understand why that didn't work. <laughs> but we've got holidays coming up and lots of family members coming around and what if it's not just the parents what if you have siblings who are irresponsible or maybe not young children but you know the ones that have just gone off to college or maybe they just graduated from college and they're also not being the best financially how do you bring up those subjects during the holidays
1: So people often think that the holidays are a great time to have these family money talks because everyone is there. Like if you want to be having these conversations with your parents, you might think, well, my siblings are here. This is the first time we've been together for a while. Let's sit down and talk to mom and dad about... There are retirement plans, their estate planning, there are long-term care plans. This is going to be a great idea, right? What could go wrong? Well, a lot could go wrong if you bring the topic up during the holiday meal. For starters, there could be other people there who don't need to be part of the conversation, maybe aunts and uncles and young children. And if someone's had too much to drink, I mean, the conversation could go downhill pretty fast. And of course, talking about money can be stressful for a lot of people, and you don't want to add stress to that holiday meal because holiday meals can be stressful for some families. And so my advice would be to either have the conversation before the holiday meal. If that's really the only time that you are there with your siblings, your parents, maybe you're helping mom and dad in the kitchen or you're watching a football game before you sit down and you might want to casually bring up the topic, you know, Hey, mom and dad, I've, I've been thinking a lot, you know, over the past year because we've been in the middle of this pandemic and I've been doing a lot to prepare for emergencies, and this is how you can position it and I'm kind of wondering, have you done any sort of emergency planning if you were to say end up in the hospital? I know we don't want to think about that, but if you were, how could I make sure your bills got paid? I had a friend who used this approach, and it worked so well for her. Her mom was like, "You know, I never even thought of that, and then she went home and made a list for her of how she paid all of her bills and how to access those accounts, and it just it was as simple as that you know so you could casually bring up the the fact that you want to talk to your parents about their finances. And you can say, you know, we don't need to get into this in detail right now, but let's find a time after the holidays when we could sit down and and have a conversation. Or maybe you wait till the day after. If you wait till after the meal and people have had too much to drink, (laughs) you know, again, that conversation might not go very well. So, you know, do it before, find a time to do it after, but you can, you know, drop some hints or let your parents know that you do want to have this conversation at some point and let your siblings know too i mean you and your sibling siblings should be talking about your parents and their finances before you even talk to the parents so you can all get on the same page and agree on what roles you're willing to play as your parents age and you know sort out who's going to be starting the conversation with the parents and whether it's one of you or all of you Start the conversation, but don't dive in real deep around the holidays because the holidays are a time for us to enjoy being together. So you don't want to add a lot of stress to it. But I would point out that... If you are visiting with your parents for the first time in a while, it's really important to look for signs that they need help with their finances. Look for like if their house has gone from organized to disorganized and untidy. If you see a lot of post-it notes and memos that they've written to themselves around the house, reminding them how to do things that seem pretty easy to do. If you notice a lot of spoiled food in the refrigerator, things that are past the expiration date or like multiple packages of the same item in the pantry, perhaps it's a sign that they are they are forgetting that they already have this item at home when they go shopping. And those those post-it notes are signs that they are forgetting how to do things they normally know how to do. And if they are starting to experience cognitive decline, they're already experiencing a decline in their financial decision-making ability. Researchers at Johns Hopkins have found that among those with Alzheimer's disease and dementia, there is a pattern of missed bill payments up to six years before there's ever a diagnosis. Oh, wow. Yes, I know. It's shocking. And so you, your parents could be making financial mistakes that could lead to really big financial problems before you even notice signs of memory loss. And so you need to be paying attention to those, those small changes in their behavior and signs that they might be forgetting and don't write it all. And I would encourage you, if you're noticing any of those signs, you really need to find a way to start monitoring your parents' finances. You don't want them to be making money mistakes that become big problems. You don't want them to become victims of scams and fraud and lose thousands and thousands of dollars that might be needed to help pay for their care.
3: Yeah, I've done lots of stories on the scams on the elderly for the news channel I work for. But if your parents are reticent to talk about their finances, how do you monitor their finances? Especially like in my case, I'm from afar. They're two or three states away, both sets. How, how can I monitor their finances?
1: It's tricky, right? So if you are, if you have been named power of attorney for your parents, then legally you do have the right, as long as it's a general durable power of attorney, you have the right To take that document to your parents' bank and say, I am my mom's power of attorney and I'm really worried because I'm noticing some signs of cognitive decline. Can I have access to her bank account? I need to monitor things and make sure that she's not being scammed, that she's not writing checks left and right to every charitable organization that asks for money. So you could take that approach. Take advantage of technology. So there is a service. And, of course, this is a shameless here for the service that I work for, but it's called Careful with Two Ls, and it is a financial account monitoring service. If you do happen to have, if you already are working with your parents and they've given you some information, then you can simply sit down with them and help them link their bank and credit card accounts to the Careful service. If not, your parents can sign up themselves, and you can position it that way. Hey, mom and dad, there's this service out there that's going to help you protect your finances. It's called Careful. You can go in you can link your bank and credit card accounts and it's going to monitor them 24 7 for unusual transactions signs of fraud missed and late payments so if you happen to forget to make a payment one month you're going to get a notice letting you know that that payment is late or that you missed it you know unusual wire transfers there's also credit monitoring identity monitoring you know mom and dad really good idea to have a second set of eyes on your finances and of course we could all use that second set of eyes so you want to play it up that way and then what careful does is it gives you an option to add family members to your circle of support so if they wanted to they could add you you would give you only access that's it you can't go in there and make transactions within their accounts you'll get alerts when there's something unusual just like your parents will and so they maintain control over those accounts they maintain their independence but you're getting that peace of mind that there, there is that second set of eyes. And so that's one way that you can try to approach the idea of monitoring is encouraging them to sign up and then that they feel comfortable adding you as someone who can get alerts too.
3: Yeah, I think that's an excellent way to do it. I know my mother's talked about several times they've had erroneous charges on some of their credit cards. So they've had to have them changed multiple times over the years. I think that's a great way to start that, that we can all kind of monitor that and I'll have bet all the eyes on the account.
1: Right. And even if they're not willing to add you to their circle of support yet, if, for example, they start getting those alerts about those erroneous charges or the fraudulent charges, well, they might turn to you and say, hey, I just got this alert. What do you think I should do? And so then you can start getting involved that way by offering support. And you never want to blame them. You never want to make them feel like they've done something wrong by saying, oh my gosh, mom, I can't believe that you bought this gift card when someone called you and told you you needed to get a gift card and give them the number to pay for something. You don't want to ever do that. You want to offer them solutions and offer them help without passing any judgment on them. Because if you do, that's only going to lead them to distance themselves from you. They don't want to be told by their kids what to do.
3: I know we can go on forever and I have a lot to learn, but one of the things I learned is I need to change my approach and <laughs> how I, I do that. But now I have some tools to do that. I can talk to them just about, You said, I like the going into the retirement thing. Are you doing what you expected you were going to do in retirement? And if there aren't sort of, you know, go that way. And also I really like the financial monitoring services I think that's an excellent way to kind of start that conversation as well. And I guess I will have to wait until my parents have stopped drinking before I can get them to sign anything, because it's probably not (laughs) legal if they're drunk when I get them to sign away. Exactly, exactly. You don't want anyone to contest that. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Cameron Huddleston. Again, you are the Director of Education at CAREFUL, which is a financial account monitoring service, and also the author of mom and dad we need to talk and if people want to learn more they can buy that book on amazon correct correct all right well thank you
1: so much thank you
2: Twitter, and Instagram. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us.